0: Machute Mate recognizes the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and any indigenous elders of other communities who may be listening today. We stand in solidarity in their struggle towards the colonization and land back. <laughs> Buenas mi gente, what is good? I am not Leroy, coming to you from unseated Wurundjeri land in so-called Australia. I am, in fact, Austin G., coming to you from unseated Manahouac land in so-called Virginia. And though we are missing our traditional podcast host, Leroy, today, uh, I must say that I am overjoyed to be welcoming back my brother T, who's been out for a couple months, welcoming right back my brother T to the podcast. Welcome back, T. How how are you doing? Let us know how you've been these last couple of months.
1: Oh, I'm good I'm very happy to be back. Um yeah, it's been a it's been a long couple months. Uh as some people may know, I had, you know, some work issues. I was doing I had been hired for seasonal labor over the holidays, so that's always kind of tricky. Um it uh but but I have good news now uh it's it's permanent now I, so I have a Yay. permanent full-time job now, which is nice so my schedules finally my schedule's finally back in you know back in order and and it's uh definitely a pay jump, too so uh, you know I'm, I, now I, I can finally get back into doing the show and i'm I'm really glad to, to be back and and a special and, and such a special episode too.
0: Yes, a very special episode. I'll be getting to that in just a moment here, but just wanted to give you that moment there, T. We missed you, brother. It wasn't the same without you. And I promise to all the Machete Matistas out there, I promise that one of these days, the whole crew will be back together. One of these days. <laughs> it's going to happen. I don't know when. I don't know when, but it will happen. Uh, hopefully soon, because we do have some absolute bangers lined up in the next couple weeks including today, which T kind of uh, uh, led us off there with. Uh, for tonight's full episode, right, we've got a really important interview discussion lined up um, for all of you listening as we are welcoming back one of our returning champions, right? You know him, you love him, from straight from the Republic of Chile, uh, which needless to say, Chile has undergone some major developments in the last uh, the last few years, perhaps even more so in the last... Few months, uh, and who better to bring to break it down than our good friend Diego Polanco? Welcome back, Diego. Tell the people how you're doing.
2: Hey guys, uh, so glad to be back in the show. Um, kind of a, a little bit upset that you haven't invited me before uh, earlier. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, I, I'm not uh, resentful, so.
0: You see, that's why we love I you, do. Diego.
2: There's is, there is no record right here. There's no record here. Uh um, I'm I'm doing good. Like some 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 family issues going on. Uh, my grandma got sick, and I, but life is like there's life cycles, you know. And and have been great. I'm just like uh getting closer with family at this point, and also focusing on getting that fucking degree on. Marxist economics,
0: <laughs>
2: eventually. Uh, but uh, no, like like last time that you, that you interviewed me, I, I guess I was in the US and I'm really glad I'm home. Back, I'm back home um, trying to engage um, as the, the kind of engagement that an intellectual can do with, with comrades around here. Um, but things are actually a really, uh, really ugly landscape for leftists politics um, Left is actually uh, well. Then we could we could get into the discussion what is actually the left. But I, actually, let's let's, let's let's not talk about left or right or center or center left, rather than talking about like uh, what is working class politics and like and that is the landscape that have been destroyed in Chile. Uh, uh, and I could I could argue more uh, about that later. Um, but yeah, like. Personally, I think I'm staying strong, staying, staying, up. So,
0: moving forward, dude. Absolutely. So I love, I love almost everything that you said right there. And like you said, just that we could talk about for hours because I think Chile, in particular, in the last couple of years since since the uprising, right, we've seen a situation where a lot of the the left, quote unquote left, has been forced to work across almost every tendency, right? Uh, communists, you know, social democrats, democratic, so, uh, you name it, right? And we've seen a lot of, uh, to me, as a leftist in the United States, I feel like we've seen a lot of instructive lessons of like, what to do, what not to do, right? But we'll, like you said, we'll, we'll, we'll get into all that stuff. Before we even dive into that, because as you mentioned, Diego, it has been a while since you've been on the podcast. A lot has happened in Chile since you were last on the podcast. The first thing I would love to discuss, right? Is probably the most urgent situation. What's happening in in the south of the country? The situation with with the fires. What what exactly is the current situation regarding all of that?
2: Okay, so um, just a brief comment before about what is, what has been going on in the in the in the country. Rather than discussing about what's going on in the is that things are changing and just like everything's so fast <laughs> here and. And when you think that people, like, that the country should get arrested and, like, then, and, our, and then we have, like, these fires and, like, uh, when we think, like, politics is tricky and confusing and things are going bad or south or whatever, then planetary catastrophe, and then it <laughs> starts to happen. <laughs> so it's basically, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's intense. Uh, and in some extent, the, the biggest concern that I have, at least, is that, uh, everything gets normalized really fast as well um so but let's get into what happens so um, as you know the geography of the country is a pretty long country that goes from the really dry deserts in the north to like really uh like the deep south at the towards the end of the world you No. Know? so the the chile is divided in the south by the continental mass of the cent- central Center, South, and South of the country, and then there is the Patagonia. That is beyond that, and it's not united uh, uh, continentally. That's uh, actually, if you if you want to drive to Patagonia, you need to go through Argentina at some point. So in the South, not in the Patagonia, not in the extreme South. Uh, Then, as you know, I'm a fundamentalist, dogmatist, dogmatist. (laughs) Marxist, so we need to go back in history. And one of the most important processes of capitalist restructuring that the dictatorship did when Pinochet got into power, in terms of like reshaping the the not only the balance of forces between capitalists and the working class, rather than and after uh, or, or throw uh, Ayes' government, uh, the dictatorship and the Chicago Boys and the, and the neoliberal counter revolution, what they did also was. Uh, to reshape the balance of forces within the capitalist class. And among those transformations was demise um, uh, the, the developmental state and the industrialization process uh, towards specializing in natural resources uh, industrialization and that is, let's say copper industry that Chile is the main source of income of Chile. And also, agro industry developing more uh, intensively. Uh, capitalist uh, uh, dynamics in, in the food industry, uh, and one of the things that is important for, for interest now is the forestry industry. Okay, so uh, when 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 the socialist revolution was happening during the end of time, one of the things that happened is that there was massive land takeovers by the Mapuches, in the native populations that were displaced by the colonial Chilean state. Uh, Actually, one of the things that set in motion the process of industrialization was when the Chilean state invades the Mapuches and demise their territorial power, that actually is something that not even the Spanish were capable Uh of doing. And when the Mapuches, alongside, not necessarily within, but alongside the socialist revolution, were recovering land, through the agrarian reform and the process of land takeovers that was an part of, of a social explosion, basically. Uh, um, the counter-revolution of the dictatorship not only uh, stopped this process, also reverted, but not just giving back the land to the people that was the previous owners. They actually reshaped the balance of forces within the capitalist class, doing an industrial policy oriented to foster uh industrial uh industrial forestry so in some extreme in some extent what what was said uh with high amount of subsidies not only in terms of granting uh, or selling land plots in a really low prices or subsidized prices or low below market prices uh to 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 capitalists or some fractions of the capitalist class actually i'm not someone so versed on this topic of but uh, to 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 give more details about it. But that uh, set the territorial power of the forestry industry. Well, what was the consequence of that? Is that the native forest after like let's 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 jump in back in time, uh like 50, 50 years ahead, being now, is that the forestry forestry industry had been developed ever since and what is the consequence in terms of the resilience of the territories towards to face climate change today is that uh native forest uh is way more biodiverse uh so is way more capable of sustain uh the the humidity and the resilience of the territories against uh against Fossil fires that are not necessarily naturally triggered, and we'll talk about that later, Uh because forestry industry have quite incentives in actually start the fires and then reshape and replant uh, pines and eucalyptus. I don't know actually what is the name in English of eucalyptus, but uh, pine eucalyptus that are are a type of tree that is really um, good at uh, uh, on 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 feed from water, so it it has reshape and transform the the humidity or dryness where you wanna see the scale of the soil, and of course then it's straightforward. You put climate change on top of that, and then you put uh, high social conflict with the Mapuche population that have been struggling to recover. We forms of armed struggle uh, uh, and territorial control by armed struggle uh, in the in the south. Um, so the forestry industry in the conflict with the Mapuches have some incentives to okay, let's just burn all these pines, and then if we can take these Mapuches out of this population, we'll put more pines later there. And then the, that's kind of like the expression of the capitalist class of Chile in the fraction of, of the South uh, of expressing the territorial power is basically in monocrops of pines and eucalyptus that have dried the soil and that have set uh, a whole environment our ecology, uh-huh, or ecology like a political ecology of how uh, of, of, of how the the territories of the South have been transformed uh, from the dictatorship ever since. Of course, in the post dictatorship haven't been many changes about that. And, and we can leave it there and start have more like a discussion. About it. Huh?
0: Dude. <clears throat> oh my goodness. I have so many thoughts and questions already. So first of all, thank you for all that. And before I even go in a
1: million different directions, T, did you have a more immediate question? Well no you know it's it's just a, a marvelous example of what is of we've seen we're seeing this happening literally every everywhere in the world uh, especially places effect, uh, affected by uh, wildfires in the United States in the western part of the United States this story has played out as well where capitalists and uh, industry disrupt uh sort of the the traditional ways of maintaining and uh uh kind of, you know, servicing the land in the pursuit of profit, right? They this leads them to the monocultures and then what happens it leads it more vulnerable to climactic uh, shifts. It leaves it more vulnerable to ecological disaster and it's just it's fascinating to see that this, you know, this is what happens when you with the pursuit of profit. And it is a in again, thank you for for that illustration of, of how this process is working out in 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 Chile,
0: yeah. No, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Right, like you laid it out there very well, Diego. How a lot of what's happening right now in, in Chile is a direct result of, as you describe, right, the dictatorship, right of of the Pinochet era, right
1: of of the the forced neoliberalization of the economy, so to speak. Uh, yeah, go ahead, T. And and also how you know the capitalism basically has to cannibalize itself; it cannibalizes its own societies. Repeatedly, right? So, uh, like you know, as you said, it didn't. They didn't. The dictatorship did not simply return the land, return in quotations, to the previous uh, landowners, but used it to enrich their own cronies, enrich their own favored allies. So it it had the it had the uh, uh, process of base. It kind of shored up the regime probably by binding uh, these these uh, certain factions of the capitalist class to the new government. And again, this is something we see over and over and over again in any capitalist country.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So so I'm, so I'm curious, Diego, right? It's more like a specific question, like, where, where, how is it looking right now, right? Like, uh, like, how out of control is this situation? Has the, the government been able to contain a lot of the fires within, uh, within these parts of the country, or is it still kind of uh, advancing rapidly? Well, what is kind of the current situation looking like?
2: Okay, before before getting to there, let, let, let's talk a little bit about the infrastructure that the country has to face mm-hmm. this kind of catastrophe. So the the fire force, the do how, how you call call bomberos in, in, in English. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like
0: firefighters. The firefighters. Okay.
2: The firefighters. Okay. The firefighters uh, in in Chile, is a voluntary force. Mm-hmm. It's not professionalized. Mm-hmm. And and allegedly, supposedly, that's something that was going to change with the new constitution, but, hey, okay, not, not new constitution. And, uh, like, not meet. I mean, like, and, uh, and But the thing is that we don't have... Uh, Chile has a process of modern, institutional modernization in many features. Okay? For example, in electoral system, we have one of the most modern systems in the world. We can get the results of the elections and we know that they are transparent the same night that the election takes place. And actually that's one of the, the reasons that we're getting so many elections all the time, which is I think is kind of absurd, but that's that's an order of I don't, that's a detour of the point that I'm making. Um but the thing that the firefighters is just because it's an institutional uh in some in some extent inertia, and they also Culturally, firefighters is not that they are fighting for being more professional. They like the firefighters is kind of like a like a sect, like a secta, who you call like, it, a cult of being firefighters and so on. And there haven't been like a push of monetization in the interest of professionalizing uh, that actually Chile has a really, uh, as a share of the GDP, uh, quite good. Uh, quite high. Share of the GDP in forces of uh in, in 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 expenditures in uh forces of order and police and so on. Well, that's uh something that that is not so exclusive to Chile. But none of those expenditures go to have like a modern fire firefight, fire firefighters forces right? mm-hmm. like yeah. um. And, and of course that also is uneven an and in the south, where is the more the less resilient territories do, to face that, uh that that is not only a, the capability of the firefighters to face the catastrophes, right? And also what is the everyday everyday job they do in seeing how actually the territories are resilient to things, you know, how, how things will easily spread and so on. Um so, okay, that's one of the, the infrastructure issues there. And and what happened is that basically there is the, uh, which is one of the territories that have been more affected is the commune of Santa Juana. It's the, that's in the region of the Bio Bio. Uh, that is uh, quite a rural, low density commune and territory. And, and that actually, you know, my organization, that is Izquierda uh, Libertaria or Libertarian Left, which is a sort of uh, libertarian communist organization. Uh, we have uh, the mayor of that is his comrade, uh, Anarbornoz, that, um, well, we used to be in the party, uh, in an instrumental political party with porridge, but after some many things that have happened with ways with him and, and and our forces in terms of politically have been quite uh, weakened and and with this situation in some extent uh, out of the blue our comrades have been say uh, taking the stage of being a national figure of poli- of national politics because uh, she had been the voice of explaining uh, to the country the 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 abandoned Oh, Who is like uh oh, abandon I'm, I'm sorry for that uh to a um, good trusting comment
0: uh, like abandonment <laughs> the way that they Yeah, the abandonment it. of,
2: of yeah. And, uh, yeah, abandonment of the state with with that, that territory in particular and also dude there was a fire last last summer mm-hmm. and, she, and 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 they told to the authorities and they warned to the Boris new government mm-hmm. saying like this might happen again, and it can be really bad. Results. We have had in one summer the second or worst fire in the history of the country. Uh, in two weeks, uh, it got fire, uh, uh, basically what had been fire in two years. And... Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, and the correlation, and I'm gonna I'm gonna share with you later the maps. The correlation of monocrops with the fire is basically one. Wow. It's like it's basically one. It's like you see the maps and you see the monocrops and where the fires were with the satellite maps with of the heat maps, and it's basically the same. It's like in wow. those other territories, and the warnings were there. Like the the local authorities that are by by the left have been saying what is going on and. There have been no response by the authorities. Still, uh, the mayor of Santa Juana and Albornoz have been quite polite with the president uh, in terms of collaborating with the government in terms of facing the catastrophe. Families have, been, have lost everything, 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 everything. They have uh, and not only lost uh, their things, their lives, their, um, their animals, uh, some of their machinery that they used to work is a rural commune. And one of the problems of the territory is also that it's, it's of low density, and many people live in the hills without connections with their animals and their families. And and among the fires, you couldn't like just get to them. You couldn't know or call them to see to see if they were okay or not because. And the connections and the communication with them were in everyday life basis that they, they would just show up once per week in the town. So many people got disappeared. Uh-huh. Uh In this situation, uh, some of them have been found with life, alive. Others have not. Uh, we're talking about numbers around like 20 people that were disappeared. From those 20, 25, like I don't know, like around five or six have appeared. Uh, there's some folks that some of them might be alive still, but we are not still. Um, in terms of the fires control, fires have been under control, uh, not by the infrastructure or capacities of the Chilean state. We have been supported by states all over the world, especially in the Pan-American. Uh, there's a tank tanker that came from Spain to put, uh, like, just to put out the fires from the air. And there have been like uh, squads coming from Mexico, uh, from Colombia, even from Venezuela. That right? is, a, a, go, a, a government that have uh, acted in solidarity with Chile, despite that politically, uh, Gabriel Boris, our current president, have been quite a critical of uh, the Maduro administration for saying in a really soft way. So, uh, so that actually. Is, uh, some of the Latin American solidarity have shown up in this situation, but if if Chile would have faced this by itself, I don't know if things would have got into control, but things are getting to... Uh, fires are being under control right now.
0: Wow. Oh my goodness. So much I would love to unpack from that as well. And once again, thank you so much for this for this information, Diego. This is... It, to, say, to say this is extremely informative would be an understatement. An understatement. Um, how would you... How would you rate the overall response from the borch government so far to the fires right have they have they done I, I know you kind of described them I guess ignoring some of the pleas from the the municipal mayors in BBO but um like how would you say the response been could they have done better in different ways or would you say this has been or, or I should even expand how do the people would you say the people even view kind of how the borch government ha- has been handling things
2: mm so for the people that that's hard to assess because there is an environment of the total control of by um, so there is an environment right now like the popular support to has have down and have been reduced, reduced to his initial base of support that is basically the progressive middle class uh, of mm-hmm. Chile uh, which is the leftist bougie people that is uh, um, I I we could say leftists, but is I, I wouldn't say leftists actually. But let's say that they are leftists, not working class based left, but uh, um, which let's say that is 20% of the country. Uh huh. So what you see of the support in the in the polls is that he still has the support of like 30% of what is being surveyed. Thirty. And in the social media, what you see is social media in Chile is basically. Absolutely controlled by the alt-right, and they're and they're all like uh, Cambridge Analytica kind of technologies. That uh, now that cast is organized with the alt-right of Spain and in the international alt-right that they are building, uh, they have all the infrastructure to to control the discourse and the speech. What is going on in social media? So basically, what you see is is a, is, is like. That on the one hand and the other the call to personality of the president on the other that is basically the, the 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 porridge cult sect. It's basically a set of Mormons of of of, of I don't know. Let's say um, Williamsburg kind of people that is just fanatic of fan of porridge.
0: Yes, <laughs> <USA> uh, <memory.
2: laughs> <laughs> <laughs> like, like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I, 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 wouldn't reduce the essay to that, but yeah, if you want to say <laughs> I'm that? I'm allowed to. <laughs> and you are allowed to. Actually, you shouldn't so much. You have been in trouble <laughs> because of those kind of stuff. Oh, don't worry.
0: <laughs> you got the Austin pass. You're good.
2: Okay. Anyway. Uh, so yeah. So that is the last bit, and and then there are the surveys, and and what people vote or not is so confusing, and people is disappointed at Like, so we cannot say actually, but that's kind of like. And in that landscape, yeah, of course, the right is trying to install that politics is an incompetent president and so on. Um, and and the, the others say, like, he's the best president in the history of the country. Again, they would be proud of him and that kind of stuff. That's, so the discussion is reduced to that, and you cannot actually assess what is actually an opinion that matters or has sense. Um, that being said, let me give you my opinion. My opinion is that the, the government has have had a really good response in terms of given the constraints that they themselves that have imposed to govern. Mm-hmm. And those constraints have been an alliance with the forestry industry from the start. Mm. Uh-huh. So what is the conflict that my organization in some extent uh, is, 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 is is getting in with the government is that when this happened, or, or mayor in, in Santa Juana, Ana Albornoz, she she publicly stated, stated in, a, in a press conference that it's necessary to open a debate about a possible royalty or a specific tax to the forestry industry uh, to build infrastructure in the South uh, such that this shit doesn't happen again, which makes totally sense, uh, like, which is basically to put, like, firewalls uh, around like um, and and that and that goes directly to put those kind of stuff because there is also an understanding that you cannot demise an industry overnight and just take out employment from the people, which in some extent I would say is kind of like the kind of progressive thinking that uh, that 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 push the progressive landscape in Chile to lose the battle in the Constitution that mm. we're gonna just put a new constitution we're gonna finish the extractive economy No, that, that is that it doesn't work like that you know mm. and people actually got pretty afraid of it and so that's kind of like a discussion that we have been having in our, in our organization I and mean, that in that line or mayor or comrade Anna she had put that like this is not about like just finishing our night for season. But if the forest industry is going to be here, at least they have to put a specific contribution, such that their uh, uh, um, their uh, their activities that that uh, demise the resilience of the territory, they mediate that impact. And she's not saying anything. she is. Dude, it's basically something. It's a centrist thing to say, but in so and what have happened about that in terms of the response of the government. So the the government is working at this point in, in a way that uh, it has a symbolic, uh, or or like a kind of like a performative uh, aspect of, of strategy, which is what the president does. And the president there is a gummy bear that will say to all the Chileans that he, that he cares about all of us, and probably he does. Um, but the new minister of, 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 of interior, of the of internal affairs, uh, Carolina Toa, that she's a young militant from the old progressive regime, uh, the concertation, the center-left of the positive status. She was one of the youngsters from there. And now, uh, after the defeat, there have been a reshaping the political balance, uh, balance of forces within the progressive landscape. And she has been as the Minister of, of, of Internal Affairs. Um and and she said not even when the fires haven't been double already, She said, no, this is out of the discussion about tax reform in Chile. And in some extent, they are protecting their agreements they have with the capitalist class, but this is what social democracy looks like in after 50 years of neoliberalism hmm. uh, in the context of digital capitalism and planetary catastrophe <laughs> as the as the main tendencies. This is not this is not only neoliberalism. This is something different. This is uh, because um, I would say that the intensity of the things that are going on all the time, uh, and I think this is this is something I would like. Uh, to discuss with you guys at least for a couple, a couple of minutes is that the government doesn't have sovereignty on time mm. to actually take decisions and to and to have a, a strategy that actually can reshape things. You know, there is no time sovereignty for for not even for the left to think or to behave mm. towards the government. Even the government doesn't have sovereignty to to govern. You know, so there is no. There's no government. It's just a government trying to put institutional fires down.
1: You know, I'm I'm kind of a, <laughs> I'm astonished at the parallels. You know, I'm astonished at at there. There's so much of what you say that sounds so v- familiar, uh, and would sound so familiar to a North American ear, especially one in the United States. Um, the you it seems that militants, le- the left, working class left-wingers are in a state of constant reaction, right? We we don't have the opportunity to engage in proactive struggle because we're always reacting. And that seems to be true from like at the working class level, at the street level, all the way up to the center left politicians. Like nobody is, everybody's just, we're reactive, right? We're not making a proactive struggle, right? We're always... Trying to and, and what ends up happening is that we end up just kind of protecting what we've already won in the past rather than expanding. and the fact of the matter is is that <laughs> we don't have the money and the and the and the lives to kind of like win that kind of war of attrition with reactionaries. I mean in the long run we do, but <laughs> there's a lot of people like who would suffer. the reactionaries can wait us out. they have the money, they have the nice houses. They have the the resources, you know they they have they don't and they don't care about life and not just human life, but the natural world, right? the environment they don't they just they don't care. We're busy trying to preserve life. so we end up just defending what we what we've won in the past or what we what we're holding on to and and every day, every year, that ground continues to seed way if we don't advance. And it's, and just the parallels between Chile and the United and not just Chile and the USA, but in so many places around the world, it's, it's astonishing.
0: Yo, absolutely. Holy shit. Like I have, so, so obviously we definitely need to have you on more often, Diego, because there, I could have like a whole hour long conversation on like 10 different points that you literally just raised both of you, I should say. Uh, and I don't want to take up too much of your time here, Diego, but, but there are a few things that I'd love to expand upon a bit more. Um, So before we get into like the more like particulars of the kind of the political situation in Chile that that you're touching upon here, right? So for our audience, for people in North America, in the United States, who might not be very familiar with what has been going on in Chile since the referendum failed, could you update us a little bit on – where things are at with the constitutional process, and however depressing that of a conversation that might be, what what has been the response from the parties since the referendum defeat, and, and what are kind of the the steps forward that people are are looking toward?
2: Oy, so, dude, that is kind of like a quite that is like a whole chapter or even more <laughs> conversation to be honest. That's a whole, whole podcast. Let, let me let me see. Yeah, I, actually, that's what, that, that should be the 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 reject uh, rechazo series sixty two percent sixty two percent I'm gonna I'm gonna make a tattoo actually oh, here just like yeah so when That's when crazy. I when I talk with every like non Marxist progressive about what happened it's like dude mm-hmm. <laughs> actually my my right arm. That'd be so bad. <laughs> I uh uh so okay so let me let me do a brief summary of it. Um mm-hmm. Okay, le- le- let me let's choose an entry point. So le- let let's choose a, So what happened? Okay, what happened is that uh, the left, the new constitution, lost by a lands- landslide. It was thirty-eight percent against sixty-two. It's the biggest defeat that let the left in this country have ever had. And and I will say that the conditions to win that process were eroded by the left itself from the very start that the process began. Which is not when the, the referendum happened. Is when Boric and company signed the agreement for peace and the new constitution and allowed the Piñera government to continue in 2019 without resolving the demands and the urgencies for a dignified life, that the people uh, revolt set as the main stage of Chilean politics. So that's that's how I get I understand it. Uh, that is that actually is a discussion, and I, I and I get that that is a discussion and it has many aspects. But what has been going on by the by the center left forces? Uh, that are also divided among the old center left and the new center left, that is Boric and the and the previous center left. Uh, is uh, basically that the the Boric center left was too radical, and the and the, the kind of like the progressive uh, constitution was too radical, and the center left uh, is basically that many of them were in favor of, of, of rejecting the new constitution. Uh, uh, and they are also part, some sections of that, part of the Polish government. Um, uh, it's like you were too radical and now you need to moderate. So, and that has been the strategy of the government ever since. You know, n- n- and, and, and kind of, that is kind of like the common narrative, but I will say that that radical progressiveness without class content never was too radical. And actually, and actually it, uh, as it was sanitized of really important transformations for the working class of this country. The working class linked uh, to the right because the right put many issues that we could discuss about, uh, especially the lack of orientation towards the working class that this government of has. And and in that sense, I, I, I think that there are many features that we could discuss. Uh kind of like for example, the but I, I think like there are two main issues that are the, the the core ones or the more macro political ones, that are the orthodox neoliberal austerity policy that this government is applying. And I'm not talking about Macron kind of austerity, I'm talking about Pinochet kind of austerity. Mm-hmm. The fiscal adjustment that the government, Boris government did, is about 88% of the GDP. Uh That that is, the baseline is polluted because there were uh, pandemic aids that were uh, uh, put there, but there is no reason whatsoever why the adjustment that was necessary. like uh, If we talk about sustaining macro policy that don't put a developing country into bankruptcy, yeah, the country needed a fiscal adjustment. But eight percent of the GDP in one year is just shock therapy. And that is what the government uh had been doing. What what did in the twenty twenty two. Uh the so the government closed with a a fiscal superavit. Uh, and dude, this is this is the most like confusing and odd and annoying thing is that there is so many uh, bureaucrats in the government right now that have really good salaries, and uh, I started with them, and many of them were ultra leftists when we were in the student movement, and then they're saying, "Oh, look at this government! We are so responsible and like and." Um, like the right wing had this country a disaster, like just giving away money to the people and we are the responsibility and so on. And okay, dude, I'm not saying that they should be like uh crazy populist, but with a little bit more of populism we'll have won the referendum. Mm-hmm. And and also they in terms of responsibility, it's not responsible to cut back 8% of the GDP of fiscal expenditures in one year. Boris could have done that in the terms of the whole government and that would have been a responsible policy. Mm. And and they are kind of like getting the narrative that what they're doing now is responsible, but actually it's just crazy. It's the only time in the history of this country, and I would beg to argue, in the history of Latin America, that a fiscal adjustment of these sites have been seen, and this is not me saying it. This, Nicolas Grau, the Minister of Economy of Boris said, uh, you won't find uh, uh, a liberal democracy that have done a fiscal adjustment of 8%. 8%. Uh, and he forgot to say, or he uh, uh, unconsciously or consciously strategically <laughs> has a strategic mission. The only uh, administration that have done a fiscal adjustment of that quantity have done military dictatorship in Latin America during the 80s and 70s. That is the only the only fiscal authority that have done that because I wouldn't say government to the dictatorship. That have done that in the history of Chile is the the, is the dictatorship during the 74 and 75 right after the revolution and when they were doing the counter-revolution. Mm. So that being say, I will say just like because you know, for the sake of time that in some extent the, the, the landscape that we have is, is that the, the politics that appear to be a right and left is not. We could do a whole podcast about his international politics and I have like some things right about it. Why that also we could discuss all but in terms of macro policy it had been even worse than the center left during the dictatorship of the tradition. Mm. It's like they have been at the right of, of applying like a austerity policy in a hardcore orthodox way, and so everything is so confusing because, in some extent, in the symbolic space they are really progressive and radicals, and so on. But in the economic, in the economic policies, they are just like right, hardcore right wing, and. And then the right wing say that they are doing bad policies. I mean like it's, it's, it's just a fucking mess in terms of the 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 cultural, the ideological, the symbolic. Uh, and I will I will quote uh, Professor Bob Jesson, one of the main theories of Marxist theory, uh the semiotic aspect of which which refers to the production of meaning <laughs> and sense are absolutely confused, dis uh fragmentated, disarticulated, dislocated, and it's a foggy. It. So uh and in that context, how we're gonna rebuild the South in this context of austerity, that probably is gonna put pressures for more more austerity in the future, I don't know, it's really hard. And in that note, um there are some campaigns that are, where we're trying to build infrastructure to make campaigns to of international solidarity uh, with with Santa Juana in particular, but with the south of Chile in general. People, the government have assisted people with houses, provisional houses, but people still have some like machinery to work the fields and so on. That they're out on the field. and if the rain starts in March, they're gonna lose everything. That all the all the little asset they have to work the, the land, they're going to lose everything that they have to live on. Uh, and the government is not going to provide solutions for that. Uh, the government is trying to push the capitalist class of the country to put more money, to put more help, uh, in terms of like their own motivation. But it's pretty little what they're doing. So we're in a context of high austerity and high needs of the people, uh, of the more humble and forgotten people of the
0: country and anyway things are pretty dark around here you guys dude oh my god i was about to say you're right we will absolutely have to get you back on sometime soon because once again like i said we don't want to take up too much of your time i do have one last question but before i even get to that question i don't know t i don't know if you had any any final questions before i cue us off here
1: well you know just the first things that I'm I drew from what you just said Diego is that um number one you know if a it does <laughs> this is what happens when uh progressive politicians uh become disattached from the working class right um, and <laughs> you know this is kind of an inevitability where yeah uh, you know, and this is a theme we see constantly I guess not just in South America, Latin America, but North America as well, and probably everywhere else in the world where, you know, if you there's no point in having the civil service in having the elected position, if you can't do anything about it, because you're disattached from the working class, that's what your base is. That's how you can actually make shit happen. If you're if if these progressive politicians are are, are unconnected to the grassroots, to the streets, to the to the working people, you the, you you basically you'll make rhetorical gestures towards uh, cultural politics, uh, but not really advancing liber- liberation even in that sphere. Well, at the same time, you become like every other bureaucrat in every other capitalist regime. Uh, and again, once again, the parallels are absolutely astonishing.
0: Dude, a million percent. Yes, please Diego.
2: Just just to build upon that, even worse, you are building the the operating field for fascism to rise.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, absolutely.
2: Yeah. And so basically in in all the people that were more right out here, we vote for Boris to stop fascism but it's just a delay it's it's just like uh but the, at the same time uh, is the left the one that is more capable to impose fiscal austerity and discipline working class people mm. even harder than the right wing because otherwise left politicians don't have the space uh, to actually vouch for discipline policy to the working class they only can do it when they are in government uh in in in, in the name of austerity or in the name that we don't have more space because the right wing says that we should do this or that. And, and if we are going to reduce policy to that, like what is going on in the South Chile shows we're running out of time. Mm. This is going to happen next year. This is going to happen here or there or or anywhere uh, it's Chile or is somewhere else. And, and, and do people is, is getting killed is getting killed by these catastrophes and in some extent it's the same territorial power that the dictatorship and the neoliberal counter-revolution already set in motion 50 years ago uh, and spread all around the world so so, um, I think like I, I will invite you guys to think and to reflect and not only to you but to the audience that uh, as a dogmatic Marxist dynasty Things are a totality, and what is happening here is just an expression of what is happening everywhere. And and we need to uh, we need to organize, but we not to need only organize. We need to understand in what are the conditions that we are organizing. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. What is what is what the what what the kind of organizing that we are doing? What is the sovereignty that we have in the time and the space? In the spatial-temporal matrices that we are organizing. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just voluntarism. It's, it's mm-hmm. not revolutionary politics because revolutionary politics on, is the one that is capable to transform. And to transform, we need to understand in which in which field are we struggling. Uh-huh. And so, and we're struggling in a field of really lack of sovereignty of what is going on around us. And at the same time, clock is ticking because war is ending. And he's showing here and there and everywhere
0: Maybe those would say <laughs> Oh, oh my goodness you see these are core Machete Matista principles adapting to your local conditions, staying connected to your bases that's that's two crucially important things. but oh my goodness we could talk about all this forever. I just looked at the chat now Diego, not only are you the official. Machete Imate Chile correspondent. I hope you're aware of this, right? The official Machete Imate Chile correspondent. I'm serious, brother. I mentioned this to you, uh, this offline. Anytime you want to come up to Puerto Rico, you let me know, and I'm sure we could put something together. And when I and when I'm down in Chile, you already know I'm gonna give you a call. But like I said, I didn't uh, have,
2: you stay with me, man.
0: I'm gonna say I'll just show up. I'll just show and you better have that Pisco port for me. But hey, no, I what I was gonna say, I, did I gonna, a- I gonna, I gonna,
2: I gonna, I gonna, I gonna receive you. I gonna host you in the airport with a piece of right there. My
0: man, there you go. But yo, I did have once again. I did have one uh, very simple final question. Um, how how can people help I, I, to anybody listening? Is there anything? Is there any like? Is just is uh, you know boosting out the message? I don't know if there's any specific places you know where people ca- can right money, right right
2: now. Right. Right now, we're building the infrastructures, infrastructures of, so, so where people can help. Uh, but I will say that anyone that can listen to this podcast and can, can get in touch with you uh, or be interested to help, um, we, are, we are going to do an international campaign to raise funds with a GoFundMe or something like that. But that thing doesn't uh, spread by itself. And we're going to do like something like WhatsApp groups of people that's interested to support us and can put the word out. So anyone that's interested to help, that can get in touch with any like contact email uh, of, of the podcast, and we'll get to you guys uh, uh, as soon as possible because uh, we're working on building the infrastructure for people to be able to donate or or. or probably we're doing something like donate money and like a sort of co-fund me that actually I'm in charge of working on that. Uh, uh, But um, as soon as we have those things ready, people just can get in touch with the, with Machete Machete Mate podcast. And you can, guys can help us out uh, that people are interested in getting some sort of like database or something like that. It would be awesome. Um and, and we'll talk later about uh things that we can do together to support Santa Juana and the South of Chile.
0: Wonderful. Diego, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure as always.
1: Thank you. Thank you. No
2: guys, it's it's my pleasure and and I look forward to to be here again or or to contribute to podcast some uh, somehow uh we'll be in touch about it uh and also we 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 should like uh, at least soon more often and just uh have a drink and, and be in touch and talk about some stuff
0: my dude you already know for real man thank you it's been a pleasure Mi gente, thank you for listening to this edition of Machete Mate. If you support what we do, consider showing your solidarity at patreon.com slash You'll be helping us out by allowing us to put out more and better content while also getting access to our Discord community, or more casual personal After Dark episodes, and any other projects we might have down the road. If not, we still love you, so show us some love with a good rating review on whatever platform you spend time with us. And as always, hasta
2: la victoria.